At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything. It is the Tuesday, February 1st edition of the show. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we have a Super Bowl matchup. Chris, how you feel about Joey Burrow? Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty special what he's been able to do. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous is what it is. <laughs> that whole thing is just absurd. Uh, I, I couldn't believe it. Obviously, I took the Chiefs last week. We'll get into all that here in just a minute. Uh, we will do our reactions. But there's, uh, there's a lot to talk about in the world of college football, in the world of the NFL. Uh, before we start off with that, I want to – I'm going to read you an email that I got for Winning Cures Everything, right? Uh, this was, da, 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 let's see, from a girl named Tatyana, okay? She said, I have recently co-authored a psychological study on the best sex positions for each zodiac sign. She said, I thought this study coincides nicely with the Chinese New Year and with Valentine's Day and may be of interest for your website. WinningCuresEverything.com, you think needs uh, something from, from Dime Piece LA on the best sex positions for your Zodiac sign? <laughs> I think, listen, I'm, 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 I'm good. I, I said, man, what it like, all right, so, so what is your, uh, what is, what is your Zodiac sign? So my birthday falls in one of those weird places where it depends on which of the calendars you look at. But I'm, but I'm either uh, being November 22nd, so I'm either a Scorpio or the one that's in December, which shows you the amount of my knowledge of these things. <laughs> All right, we'll go with Scorpio. I think, so I'm a Capricorn, mine's January 11th, and mine's very similar to, like, it, the new calendar yeah. says it's something different, whatever. So sure. Scorpio, for you, it says your best position is a helicopter. Like... <laughs> It says Scorpios are kinkier and nastier during sex. 
says, try the helicopter style this Valentine's with your partner. The woman bends on the bed while the giver penetrates, facing the opposite direction in a hanging position, supported by his arms. Like, what are we talking about? Uh, Capricorn is, mine's easy, uh, standing doggy. Very, very interesting stuff. I, uh, I don't think that this is going to make it onto the website, but, uh, but the fact that I got the email I thought was rather interesting. I said, man, you know, I understand, like, you know, if we, we talk about it all the time when we bet, like, just spraying the board. Like, man, you're just trying to send this thing out to anybody to get any kind of, and hey, we talked about it. So, <laughs> cheers to them. But, uh, but yeah, that, that surprised me today. It's a wonderful, wonderful way to start off the week, of course. Um, let's, uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and start with our reaction stuff. All right. Uh, okay. Bengals 27 chiefs, 24 in the AFC championship game and arrowhead proved no match for the swag that was Joey Burrow and good gracious with the Bengals. I mean, you want to talk about the way that they have gotten through these NFL playoffs, the last two ball games, they have intercepted four passes off of deflect like off deflections at the amount of luck that it takes to get those to go in your favor is one thing but that defense has played lights out man and it it's not just Joe Burrow it's the whole team has seemingly taken on his persona what they did in the second half to that Chiefs offense is absurd they gave up three points after halftime and made a stop and, they needed, and, yeah. and listen the chiefs needed those three points to tie the game to take it over time oh yeah i mean they did not score for the the whole 30 minutes i mean they the hit the half. field goal on the last play weren't even in half. field goal range they have one of the best field goal kickers in the game and never even got in field goal range not just didn't score oh it was just unbelievable and and of course for the Bengals to get to where they needed to be they needed a goal line stop at the end of the first half which I understand going for it and playing aggressive football, et cetera, when you've got one of the best quarterbacks uh, in the league, yeah, you're going to take that opportunity. You think that you're going to be able to make something happen with five seconds left. You should be throwing in the end zone and make it a quick pass so that you've got an opportunity to kick a field goal if you don't get it. But to throw... A, a little out pass like that, uh, yeah, you would hope that Tyreek Hill could make a move on somebody. But well, that's but that's so much of their offense is just get the ball to Tyreek and let him do something. Yeah, and no, don't that, get me wrong. Like, I mean, he like was awesome in the first. I, I will tell you this: I, I sent the message to our group before the game. I really thought these two teams were pretty even across the board, player for player wise. I yeah. honestly believe that. And and the argument was is is where the separation is the only place that I thought the Chiefs had a significant advantage was at coaching, and and I actually think Andy Reid outcoached himself. I oh, think yeah. Andy Reid Andy Reid got me. I think coaching is the reason they lost because I think player for player on the field, guys made good plays, guys made bad plays. We got to remember this defense for the uh, for the, for Cincinnati. They did something pretty special. I don't think these things are luck things. Um, they made Patrick Mahomes look really bad. Patrick Mahomes threw one interception this year. He threw two in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it is remarkable what they were able to do to him in the second half because he they could not get anything going. Nope. I mean, it was just 
when you look they at scored the, the three play, touchdowns unanswered, and then they just stopped. I mean, they. I believe uh, Parker uh, at Stats of War on Twitter. Uh, I think he tweeted out that the Chiefs got like ninety nine point nine six percent of the available yards in the first half. The only yard that they did not get that was available to them was that last play of the first half. Yeah. That was it. Like, it's unbelievable. And you look at what they did coming out in the second half, the Bengals' defense, uh, Kansas City, five plays, 16 yards, punt. Five plays, 17 yards, punt. Two plays, seven yards, interception, three plays, punt. Uh, Three plays, punt. And then they had a 14-play, 49-yard drive that they had to kick a field goal on that they were lucky to even get to attempt the field goal because Patrick Mahomes dropped the football. That's right. No, no. And not only he drops the football there, but he drops the football in a place where only one offensive lineman was back there with him. And if that offensive lineman, if the ball doesn't fall right in front of that guy and he falls on it, that's ball game. They lose in regulation. Yeah. Uh, The defensive coordinator for the Bengals is Lou Anarumo. And I hope I say that right, uh, because I don't know that we've ever actually talked about him. No, uh, well, no, well, no, we haven't. <laughs> the coaching job. So this is this is a little bit of an argument for patience, okay? Because I, along with I think ninety percent of the people that cover and talk and and have thoughts about the NFL, all thought Zach Taylor is the weak link here, and maybe it's a thing where you know. At some point in time, you've got to develop talent. At some point in time, these guys got to learn your system. At some point in time, patience just has to play out. I don't know that I would have been that patient. I think I think going into this season, that team was really good. They addressed a couple of their weak spots the best they could with the assets that they had. And the weakest link I thought they had was that head coach. Yeah. And 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 I obviously win or lose in the Super Bowl, you can't say that anymore. You, oh, you just can't. Absolutely. I mean, we talked about him being uh, possibly one of the first to get fired this year. Yeah. Nope. At I, the beginning I, of the season. It, I, I, all, my argument was, I think Joe and the surrounding cast there are too good. He's going to win just enough games to never get fired in Cincinnati, but I thought that was going to keep them from ever doing anything special. Oh yeah, because we and know I was just that, wrong. I was just wrong. About yeah, it. that ownership group does not like to fire coaches. They no, they don't we make know they're going to hire. If, if you yeah, if you can win seven, eight games a year, and then every three or four years make a run and make the playoffs or something like that, and you don't even have to win in the playoffs. No, no, you don't have to win. You just have to make it every you know, like I said, four or five years, um, make a make a playoff berth, and you can keep a job there for fifteen years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was just in, insane. Uh, Lou Anarumo had not been a defensive coordinator until Zach Taylor brought him into the Bengals. Uh, he was a defensive backs coach at Marshall. He was a defensive backs coach at Purdue when Joe Tiller was yep. there. Uh, he was a defensive backs coach for the Dolphins up until 2017. He was a DB's coach for the Giants in 2018. And then Zach Taylor called him and asked if he wanted to be my <laughs> my defensive coordinator, and he's been that for the Bengals for the last three seasons, and the defense has really, really played well this season and continue to do so. And, I mean, they got a rookie kicker that is lights out. Evan McPherson is awesome uh, because he he effectively won them the game again, and all of them seem to take on the confidence of their quarterback. Like, this is is a Joe Burrow-led team, and they are awesome. So I 
I didn't think it would happen. But here we are. Uh, they, they are on their way to the Super Bowl. Uh, were there any plays that stood out for you or anything that uh, that we haven't brought up about this one? No, I mean, there's a whole lot that, that happened in this game. You know, I, I would like to address the fact that once again, I told you the reason I thought the Bengals could win this game and, and probably would win this game is at some point in time, it's a numbers thing. Teams don't just go to the Super Bowl over and over and over again. We have to stop looking at this league, this sport, through the eyes of what Tom and Bill did. But they we didn't just, even go every year. I mean, really. Well, like, but they, I mean, well, Tom played 22 years and he went to 10. Yeah. So, I mean, the best. I mean, at ever some do- point in time, at some point in time, yeah, they kind of did go every other year. Well, yes, right? yes. But what I'm saying is they didn't go every year which is what well, no. we were looking at with Mahomes. I mean, it was it had been two straight. Uh, they had been to That's the right. AFC. They've now been to the AFC title game four straight times. Well, I mean, the Patriots went to AFC title games all the time, and oh, that's yeah. fine. They didn't win them all, and that's okay. My, my thought is, is at some point in time, you've got to realize this is a team. Mike Wilbon, I've heard him say it years ago, or not years ago, maybe last year, he was just done with just anointing the Chiefs as just, you know, the next Patriots. And that's the problem. They're a dynasty of one. Okay. Aaron Rodgers, everyone thought his whole career would just be, you know, the next Peyton, the next Tom. There aren't another, there's not going to be another Tom ever. And that we need to stop that as the, as the, uh, as the standard. Okay. Look at what the, uh, look at what the Patriots did and how they built that dynasty. And it was not built on Tom Brady. Like, he was a key piece of it. But that dynasty was built with defense. That's how they won a ton the of their fir- games. The, like, the first three were. The first three, yeah. but remember, they won the first three. They went to seven other Super Bowls after that. Agreed. Okay? You can't tell and me. Not a, that- and not a single one of those other Super Bowls were won or lost because of defense. Oh, I beg to differ. The one that where they beat the Rams in 2017. Uh, maybe the Rams. Hard. Just because it was a low-scoring game doesn't mean the defense won that thing. Oh, that like, was that was – Pure, like that was a defensive team. That was a great well, yeah, but both team. teams shut everybody down. So if oh, yeah. the game is played to a stalemate and somebody wins at the end well, then, because yeah, the that's, other that's team goes for the drive, then they win the game. Agreed, agreed. But either way, what I'm saying is the way that the the Patriots were able to do it over and over again. Like this Chiefs defense has been eh, mediocre at best. Well, I don't know. I thought the Chiefs. Oh no, 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 I thought the Chiefs defense played great Sunday. Oh, they did on Sunday, but for the for the duration of the season. They have been. Oh, they were up and down. They defense. were up and down. They were they were the worst defense in the league for like seven weeks, and then they put together like four or five week stretch of being one of the top five defenses in the league. It, but if you go back and you look, I pointed this out: all those teams that they looked really good against defensively were all garbage football teams. Yes, that's what I'm saying. They, they are and a then, mediocre defense, and, but they but, but they looked good on Sunday. Well, yeah, they looked really good against a good offense, against yes. a real good offense. Yes, they did. Uh, but Patrick Mahomes is the reason they lost this game. Patrick Mahomes was bad, okay? Yeah. Flat out bad. Well, that's, he that's was the problem, bad. right? When you rely on a guy to play hero ball all the time, uh, the plays that he's trying to make, you can't duplicate that week in and week out. It's, nope. it's almost impossible. So it, you have to have something more, which is what I was saying about the Patriots. You got to have more than just that guy trying to fling sidearm passes. All yeah. the time, and no, and that's what the, I, I would tell you. That's what I appreciate and like about the Bengals is, is yeah. they they are more. 
they you know they they really are a team. Yes, Joe. Joe. Everybody has has taken on his persona and and his swagger and in his confidence, and that's all great. But at the end of the day, they really are a a good team. Yes, yes, they are a hundred percent. Defense, by the way, gave up three hundred seventy five total yards. The Bengals defense did, and uh, and the Chiefs only gave up three fifty nine. So, you know that sixty six plays to sixty seven plays. Uh, the Bengals had one fewer, but uh. But, I mean, it was close. 5.4 yards per play to 5.6. I mean, this was – it was a hell of a game. Hell of a game. Let's talk about the uh, the late one on Sunday. The Rams get the win over the 49ers, 20-17. to 17, And it, it, there's only so much of Jimmy G that you can rely on, I think. Uh, it, he, he wasn't awful for the entire game, but when you absolutely had to have it, he made just a boneheaded decision at the end of that game and cost them a shot at the Super Bowl. Uh, bottom line, I mean, that play was as bad of a decision <laughs> as I have ever seen. And it's not like the guy wasn't open or whatever, but when you are getting, uh, when you are in the process of getting sacked, you cannot make one of those crazy, you're, you're not Patrick Mahomes. Let's say that. I mean, it's just that that the way that the game ended absolutely drove me insane because we had had such good things to say about Jimmy Garoppolo, and that is, I believe, how his legacy will be left in San Francisco because I don't think they're going to sign him again. But we'll see. I mean, obviously, you never know what's going to happen. He, I, But I would imagine somebody somewhere is going to pay him uh, more money than the 49ers will. Well, yeah, I think so too. And we we've they've released that he's going to have surgery on his thumb, um, you know, today or, or maybe not today, but he's going to have the surgery yeah. that came out today. Um, what that will affect, I don't know. I don't know. So, you know, I think he'll be somewhere else. The Forty ers will have a different quarterback. I don't think it'll be Trey Lance. I don't think so either. I don't think he's ready. And I think that's, I mean, it's the main reason why the Packers are still so gung-ho about keeping Aaron Rodgers is their young guy that they drafted in the first round is nowhere close to ready. Like, he's nowhere close. There's He may have a ton of potential, but he's you can't even put him out there and field a competitive team. Like we, the sad we thing is, is that's why I do think that they're a trigger man away from being real good. I mean, we've seen it. Oh, yeah. We've seen this team with Jimmy G make the Super Bowl and make an NFC title game. And if they had a capable, competent quarterback, I don't even need them to have a great quarterback. I just need them to have a quarterback that won't make mistakes. Then, yeah. then I think, then I think that they can get over that hump and they could win it all. I think they're that good. Oh, most certainly. Uh, Jimmy G in this game, sixteen out of thirty passing, two hundred thirty-two yards, two TDs, and then he had, of course, the uh, the maybe one of the worst interceptions that you can possibly. I mean, it was it was so bad, just so bad. Uh, rushing. In this game, Debo Samuel led the team in rushing yards and led the team in receiving yards. He had seven uh, carries for 26 yards. He had four receptions for 72 yards. The fact that they were not able to get the run game going at all it surprised me at least a little bit. I understand that the Rams have an incredible defensive front, etc., but I, I thought that they would be able to get something else going. The fact that they were up 17-7 to late in this game was... A bit surprising to me, really, uh, considering that they had not been able to get the running game going at all, all day. So, uh, 
you know, cheers to Matt Stafford for uh, for getting this thing done. I mean, it, it obviously it wasn't all him. The defense played a large role in this. But Cam Akers, I mean, had 13 carries, 48 yards. Um, you know, this was they, they didn't make the mistakes that uh, that almost cost them against Tampa Bay. And they found a way to come back instead of having a team come back on them. Uh, yeah. How did how did you feel about uh, LA's performance? I'm I'm I I worry about their defensive front against the Bengals, but judging them not looking forward to going to the next game of what I've just seen the last couple of games, this team plays sloppy. They they have th- this. They seem like a team that is like set up with. I know this is going to be like an insult. I don't mean of stars and scrubs. I think. Matt Stafford, when Cooper Cup or 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 you know Higby or or Odell are wide open, he hits them every time, and his stats look really great. When they're covered at all, and he has to make a great throw, he is he has not looked great, yeah. and he is he is he has turned the ball over, and he has played sloppy. I wish the NFL would change the rule of the interception. Uh, not because things didn't work out a fumble, not because things didn't work out the way I wanted them to in this game or anything of that matter. I, I won my bet, which is awesome. So that's fine. Doesn't matter. But the rule of the fumble with a quarterback, just because your arm is going forward, doesn't mean you're throwing the football. Okay. And in that play where his arm went forward and then he closed his hand and the ball came out, like you look in his eyes, he fumbled the football. He dropped the football. He yeah. was not trying to throw the ball. And it wasn't a thing where the ball slipped out because he was throwing it forward. He had squeezed it. It started coming out of his hands. You look in his eyes. That's a fumble. I don't care that his arm was moving forward. That's a fumble. And and he's just reckless with the football. He makes big mistakes in big-time situations. This game, he made big plays, but we knew the weakness of the 49ers was their secondary. We knew that all along. And Cooper Cup and and Odell and anybody else got wide open all day long. Yeah. Okay. They still didn't put a ton of points up. They still had to play from behind. They still struggled to 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 get points. I think the Bengals defense is going to be a lot better from top to bottom. Okay. They don't have the pass rush that the that the 49ers have, but they're a way better overall uh defense. Yeah, I, I I think I could agree with that. Uh, what did you think of the decision when San Francisco was up seventeen to fourteen to punt uh, it? To punt it, you know, it, it, fourth and two, they had a penalty. It was delay a game, et cetera. But it, I mean, they effectively chose to punt the ball there. They, I would say the delay a game was because they punt. They wanted yeah. to punt. Like yeah. they did that on purpose. Yeah. Um, I don't like it. I, I you know, it, it's easy to see that it didn't work out, and I don't like it. They put he. Kyle trusted his defense more than he trusted his offense. And I understand that from seeing the offense, knowing that the offense couldn't run the football and knowing to get those two yards, you couldn't put the ball in Jimmy's hands. You had to run it. And it wasn't close enough for just a dive up the middle or a quarterback sneak or something. You were, you had to get two yards. You got to run a real football play and they struggled to get those. Um, So I, I do understand the, our defense has been great all game. All I need them to do is to be great one more time. And 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 you know, I I understand what Kyle was thinking. I don't I don't know if I agree with it, but mainly because I just don't like playing the game scared. Yeah, that's that's what drives me insane. If you look 
early on, uh, they got that first interception. Um, or they, they got the interception yeah. on the second drive for the Rams. Uh, they go down they, six plays at 37 yards. They have to punt at the Rams 40. Uh, yeah. Then you, you score a touchdown. You kick a field goal at the end of the first half. Uh, you go into the next half, eight plays, 40 yards, and you have to punt from the Rams 42. I mean, and it, I understand that. I mean, it's fourth and nine, fourth and six, stuff like that. I understand it. It It's just you have driven the ball 40-plus yards on both of those. And then on that one that we just talked about, they drove the ball. Ah, no, excuse me. There was another one. Six plays, 36 yards. They had to punt from the 50. I mean, they, they were able to move the football a little bit and could never get it exactly where they needed. Like, they probably should have had more points on the board if they could have trusted their offense. And they couldn't trust the offense to really get anything done. It was almost like uh, they had it, it. They struggled to move the football at all, and yet they were still moving the football. Like that's the crazy part about it is you know that they couldn't trust their offense, and yet the offense was at least uh, swapping field position, right? So it, it's strange to see. I mean, I could you imagine Kyle Shanahan with somebody that he trusts under center? I mean, yeah, it's it's going to look different, but the whole game plan will look different. Like, I, I just – I think the reason he wants Lance and he wants a quarterback like that is because if the quarterback can run, he believes he can build an offense that's almost impossible to stop if he can run and throw. If he can have what he had with one year of a healthy RG3 until RG3 wasn't healthy. Yeah. yeah I, think, that I, think that's awesome. all, yeah. I think that's all he wants. Um, and he can he could design it all around that. Uh, it's Trey Lance ever going to be that man? I don't know. I don't. I either. don't know. I don't either. I mean, it's, and I can't kill the guy because we just didn't see much of him this year. But what we saw of him wasn't good. And and okay, so can he get better? Sure. I mean, yeah. we started the conversation. I started the conversation of today's conversation, talking about patience at the head coaching position. We might be in a world where these guys are picked so early that they just they do need to sit for a couple of years. I mean, let's remember Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes sat for a year, okay? And and you know, he ended up being the phenom that that we all see had he started a bunch of games in the middle of the season and and looked like a rookie and looked bad, maybe we're judging him and killing him and and then he surprises us. Yeah. But I don't know, you know. Uh, I mean, obviously we'll see. He's Still a rookie. He played FCS ball, like, and didn't he's he basically has not played in two full seasons, right? Right. I mean, it, it, the the COVID year was a really weird year. He's only played one real year of football, so he might just be incredibly wet behind the ears, right? Super green. So, so we'll see. Uh, yeah. But obviously, like, he's not ready yet, so they are gonna. I don't to, think. I don't think he's gonna be. If he shows up next year, and he's. A, a fair to middling quarterback, okay? If he's somewhere ranked in the, you know, 16th to 13th best quarterbacks in the NFL, then then we all panicked too soon, okay? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. But um, if he doesn't play next year at all, man, you spent three first-round picks, and, and all these other guys got their rookie starting. And by the second year, they're definitely starting. Oh, yeah. Oh, now, if they go make a move for a Rodgers or a Brady or something like that, then then he ain't starting because those guys aren't coming and then playing second fiddle to some kid. You see who the uh, the leading tackler was for the the Rams? Mm -mm. Uh, Eric Weddle. 
had nine tackles in this game. Uh, four solo. He had one tackle for loss. I mean, it a little surprising that uh, that he was able to to come in there and knock that out. I mean, it you know he's he's played in multiple multiple games now, but uh, yeah, I mean he's uh, he's been awesome, awesome for them. So uh, so yeah, looking you know just at the box score and and everything else, uh, this was a this was an interesting game. Matt Stafford, thirty one out of forty five, uh, three hundred thirty seven yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, should be very interesting to see. I, I don't know that we've had a more likable matchup of quarterbacks in the Super Bowl in in quite some time. It, it's it's real interesting. So I listen to a lot of different people give their opinions on on you know all these shows. I listen to all the popular shows everybody else listens to. It's really funny that all the cocky guys kind of get hated pretty quickly. Joe seems to be likable and cocky. I was curious how this is going to work out for him. You know, like, does he become like Patrick Mahomes where Patrick Mahomes was super likable. And then after he won, he kind of just, and I can't speak for the collective, all the people in the world, but like, I find, I find him super annoyed. I find him, yeah. you know, just just well, really I think fake. A lot of, like once you've won so much, you kind of become the villain, right? Uh, uh, maybe, but I mean, I, so obviously, I didn't feel that way with Tom, but but like even in other sports, I don't have that. Well, this guy wins all the time, and so I hate him. Thing, you know, I hated Rogers. Rogers didn't win all the time. Hell, he didn't win anything. Ben Roethlisberger didn't win for fifteen years. Still hated his ass. Like, yeah, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know that it's just a well, they win all the time, so I don't like them. You know, there's something with Joe Burrow where it is he's still considered the underdog, even though he won a college national championship and all that. He it, and his you know, backstory. like so the thing I like about it is is he hates that. Oh yeah, I like like he wants to be seen as why are you should all be afraid of me? Yes, and he's and he's still and nobody an is. No, no, it, they should be, but uh. They but they're not. <laughs> no, they definitely should be. I mean, he's absolutely ridiculous. Like it's it it amazes me every time he gets out on the football field. I don't know how he does it. I still have well, no but, idea. So the beauty of this, and I talked about this in our group text. I'll say it here. In in the conversation before the game, now neither one of these quarterbacks played amazing. Okay, right. Joe has a couple of escape plays that are just freakish, but outside of that, like it's not like he had the greatest game the world has ever seen. In, in this game, I before the game started, when we were breaking down, I was talking about how I thought these two teams were evenly matched. Uh, one of the guys in the group, I won't call him out, you know, made the point that, well, yeah, but Patrick looks like just the greatest football player of all time. Like, he looks like he's playing at a level, you know, that – like, and he, he referred back to 2019 Patrick. Yeah. Like, like, he just couldn't lose. And – my argument and my counterpoint was, is yeah, he's playing really, really good. His ceiling is incredibly high, but I think we've seen his ceiling. Yeah. And the thing that got me excited was, is we haven't come close to seeing Joe's. No. We I mean, just, it, it, we're, what is this third? Se- no, this is only his second, second year. His second yeah. season, and he didn't play his whole first year because he went out with, yeah, got he, hurt. Blew his, he blew his knee out in the middle of last year. And so this is the first season where he had a full season with the team and, and it's his and he's healthy and it, you know, he hasn't been great and he's had his flaws. He's had some games where he's amazing, 
but it's just one of those situations where we we haven't come close to yeah. seeing what this guy can do when he can get cooking. I mean, he's he's unbelievable. He's just unbelievable. Uh, let's uh, let me go ahead and do the uh, the rundown right quick. Uh, the podcast reads for this episode, of course, the website winningcureseverything.com. You can find everything you need to know about us over there. Uh, make sure that you go ahead and check out the podcast if you have not already. If you're watching this show on YouTube, first off, we appreciate you. Give us a like if you would so kindly, and uh, and share the show out. Tell your friends. But the podcast, of course. You can review it at a ton of different places now, apparently. It used to just be Apple Podcasts, and you can still do it there. We, we would appreciate that. But Spotify also will allow you to give five stars and leave a review and all that good stuff. So go ahead and do that for us and uh, listen on whatever your favorite podcast app is. Along with that, the YouTube channel still constantly growing. We're up well over 5,500 subscribers now. Uh, the next goal is 7,500. So we're going to keep this thing going. Hopefully, you guys will help us out with that. Uh, share it out. Take your friends. Comment. Like. You know, all that good stuff. Uh, and make sure that you are subscribed. Hit the notification bell. It lets you know when we are going live, etc. cetera. Uh, Twitter, you can follow us on Twitter. Chris is at Chris B. Giannini. You can see it on your screen there. I am at Gary WCE. And then, of course, the show at Winning Cures. The show is brought to you by BetUS. It's America's online premier sports book. You can find it at BetUS.com. Type that into your browser. It is the best place for you to go and place a sports betting wager. Very easy to do. There's a link in the description for that. Tons of great bonuses, etc. And, of course, I host the BetUS College Football Show. And now, uh, I'm just a host for BetUS TV. Uh, that'll start up here in a couple of weeks or whatever. Uh, don't know the full details on what the schedule will be like, etc. But uh, going to have a ton of great guests and all that good stuff. So, go ahead and check it out over at BetUSTV.com. Uh, there is a link in the description for that. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Now. We have some news nuggets that we got to get to, not just uh, games to discuss, but uh, news that's going on around the world of college football. We'll hit on those first. Let's talk about what's going on with Auburn football. Uh, Austin Davis, the offensive coordinator for the Auburn Tigers, formerly the quarterback's coach of the Seattle Seahawks, has decided to step down as the OC at Auburn, and he released a statement, and I'm not going to read the statement verbatim, but he said basically that this is a personal decision. He is going to step away, spend more time with his family, etc. He's only 30 years old. Uh, this was his first coordinator job. He has not worked in college football uh, up until he worked for them for the last month or so. But this was incredibly surprising. So Brian Harson will now have his third offensive coordinator in really his first calendar year on the job. And he's already on his second defensive coordinator. Uh, that's five coordinators in one year. Uh, I don't know necessarily that this has anything to do with what is going on with Brian Harson at Auburn. But you have to imagine that there is something happening that people don't like or don't feel like they can succeed there or some, something strange is going on. Now, Gus Malzahn used to rotate offensive coordinators here and there. Right, he he lost Chip Lindsey to a head coaching job, and then he brought in 
Chad Morris, and he brought like uh, there were a bunch of different things going on with Gus Malzahn, but he always maintained either the defensive side or the offensive side for at least several years. This one feels different. Chris, what are your thoughts on what's going on with these Auburn coordinator hires? I'm very, if, if the OC stepping away really doesn't get another job, doesn't take another job and, and they genuinely do go spend time with their family then, then we have to take them on their word at that. Right. Okay. But if this is an Urban Meyer, I'm going to go spend time with my family. And then six months later, I just have another job. Um, then, then I think we've got a, a, a different situation. It's strange that these coordinators are stepping down before they have another job. I've never seen that before. That could become a trend with people now. But but I find that to be weird because when Derek Mason did it, like we all kind of speculated about him going to Oklahoma State. But usually you find out they're leaving one job when they get the other job. And it's both being reported basically at the same time. And that was a I'm leaving and now I have a new job. This is very much because I, I I didn't know the part about him stepping down for personal reasons and stuff. I just thought yeah. he stepped away and I thought that's really strange. We've never had this before, and two coordinators do it, and they do it to the same head coach at the same school. You know, that doesn't make sense. Then you learn about the, you know, uh, uh, the part about, oh, it's his personal time. That, man, I don't want to call a guy like I don't know a guy. Well, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's not like he's a well-known OC that, that you know, I'd followed his career for a while and, and whatever knew who he was. But it's one of those things that I need I need to look at this through the scopes of 18 months from now. I'll, I'll give you an opinion on what I actually think about it. Or it because might even if, be if, within a few months if he is to oh, take well, another job, right? Well, no. If he takes another job before next year, like if he's coaching for somebody else next calendar year, then we got then I have all the information I need it. Okay? And, and my opinion on that. So I'm going to work from that premise. Okay? I don't think this is anything other than guys. He got there. He accepted the job. He got there and, and he realizes this is a sinking ship. He, yeah. from whatever reason believes Brian Harson's not going to be the coach after this year. And if I stay here, I'm just going to get fired. And, and, and it so, could look bad on his resume, et cetera. And right? So it's better. So, it's better for me to walk away now because I know we're, I'm going to have to coach through a season where the head coach doesn't have the support of the 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 big players involved or the administration. Yeah. Let me let and, me read you what his statement would, was. It's, it's that would be that would be my assumption of yeah. what I think is probably happening if he takes another job. That's it. Yes, 100%. Here's what he said in his statement, all right? Uh, the last week has been difficult for me as I've made the decision to step away from college football uh, or from coaching football, excuse me. Auburn University and Coach Harson have been tremendous through this whole process. I am grateful for the opportunity that was presented to me from a coaching standpoint, and equally as important, the way Coach Harson has handled my current situation. My decision to resign is 100% based on personal reasons. After more than a decade in the NFL with the daily grind as a player and coach, I've realized how much I miss my family and my desire to spend more time with them. While I need to step away from coaching, I can't say enough about the first-class way I was welcomed into the Auburn family and the way this football program is run with a championship mindset and a focus on developing these young men into winners on and off the field. Um, so that's, you know, 
if if all of this is true, if he doesn't take another job, if he's really stepping away and taking a year or so to figure out, hey, what do I really want to do? Then, okay, I, I can totally get that. He is really young, and he jumped from playing football at Southern Miss to the NFL to coaching in the NFL to now coaching here. At, I understand. It can be a lot, right? Because there is no real downtime when you're doing that. But on the other side, uh, and and for all the people that are on Twitter that were jumping back and forth and said, I, yeah, he was at Seattle, and then he comes down to Auburn and realized, oh, crap, I'm going to have to live in Alabama. That was not it. This guy's from Meridian, Mississippi. He played at Southern Miss. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, Auburn is, is I'm not going to say a step up, but it's very similar, right? It's He has been down there. He knows what's going on down there. Uh, Living this, in the South your entire life, moving to Seattle would have been a culture shock. Yes. Now, he could get to Seattle and really like living in a big city like that, and and that's fine. He could enjoy that, but but he would have never accepted the Auburn job because he knew what this was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I don't know where they go next. I don't know what his connections are. Uh, Harson, I mean, he's he's been around a lot of guys, but he's going to be hiring his third offensive coordinator in about 13 months. And that's rough. That's rough, especially after replacing the DC. So part of like his statement, I hate, like, I hate it. Like I hate you were there for six weeks. Please don't talk like, you know, that all these people are, you know, you know, running a professional program and, and, and this is not, I'm not trying to shit on the Auburn program. I'm, I'm kind of the Auburn program defender here, but you were there for six weeks, dude. You, you have no idea what these people are working towards or what their motives are or, you know, how, how, class, how, how class of an organization yeah. they run. They could be all of those things that you said they are, but you damn sure don't know that. And you're the last person that we should be listening to about saying it. You're trying to say nice things because you're in a tough spot where you're leaving a job very, very quickly. Now, if this guy goes and opens a camp or does something like that, well, because that is not working 24-7, 365, and that's a different deal, then 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 I'm probably going to take him at his word that he just realized, man, I don't want to recruit. I don't want to – you know, the the – the grossness of college football. I just don't want to be a part of that's fine. I got to trust him at his word on those things because I have no reason not to, if he's got another job in the next, you know, six to 12 months, then, and then I'll, you know, yeah. Or before, before next football season, he he goes on, he goes in the bag of liars, which 90% of these coaches are. And, and, you know, you just never can trust anything that he says again. Yeah. That's my, my initial guess was, uh, he may have gotten down here in the middle of all the recruiting madness and realized this is dumb. I didn't have to do any of this in the NFL. I didn't have yep. to talk to 17, 18-year-old kids. I, I can't like, imagine anybody thinking the college game is better from a coaching perspective or administrative perspective than than the NFL. Like, I just, I just can't. The idea of having to go into a house and sell yourself to a kid and convince them to come play for you and your mini golf course. Like, I feel like all of these guys really just want to hang themselves half the time when they get home. <laughs> like, I really do. Like, I, you, you can say all they want. Listen, when I watch the videos of Brian Kelly and, and Nick Saban dancing with these kids, that's great. I heard 
I heard Steve Spurrier talking about when he was recruiting a kid, like he played that dance dance revolution game in their house because that's what they were doing. Yeah, that's what they're doing. Like, you know, I know these guys. These are I like I know these style of people. Yeah. Okay. These are hardcore known as general assholes, CEO, tough, serious people, knowing that they have to do that to get talent just knows that they just want to go home and hang themselves. Oh, yes. Oh, 100%. They just, they just hate that part of their job. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. It really is. So <laughs> The whole thing is so dumb. Uh, let's talk about Ole Miss for a minute. We have a new number one in the transfer portal rankings, at least as far as uh, transfer recruiting goes. And Lane Kiffin is the portal king. Did you see what he shared on Twitter? On Tuesday, on Monday, whatever it was. Yeah, any anybody who wants to openly and like knowingly compare themselves to Joey Exotic, <laughs> they, like I like Lane and I like Lane's antics, and you know this, you know how much of a fan of his oh, I yeah. am. Yeah. <laughs> um. I that listen, he makes fun of Brian Kelly for being cringe. That's pretty cringe, dude. It's uh, it's definitely that. It is definitely that. Um. He all right. So here's what they have done. And I'm, I'm just going to go through some of them. Uh, they got Ladarius Tennyson, a safety from Auburn. They got uh, Jordan Watkins, who's a wide receiver from Louisville. Uh, they got Mason Brooks, who is a four-star offensive tackle out of Western Kentucky. Aishim Young, three-star safety out of Iowa State. And then most recently, and the biggest ones here, uh, they have picked up Jackson Dart, who we talked about on the show, I believe, last week. Uh, the yep. USC quarterback, that's the big one. He's a five-star. I think he was number three in the transfer portal, maybe number two, if I remember right. Uh, Michael Trigg, who's a four-star tight end from USC. They also got J.J. Pegas, Pegwis, who's a four-star tight end out of Auburn. And they just picked up Jared Ivey, who's a four-star edge rusher out of Georgia Tech, who, I mean, is a, a top 20 kind of guy. This is, Lane Kiffin is basically rebuilding Ole Miss. This is not uh, reloading. This, or Sorry, excuse me. He's reloading Ole Miss, not rebuilding. Uh, this is not something that we are used to seeing from Oxford, what, what Lane Kiffin is doing right now. They lost the defensive coordinator. They lost the offensive coordinator. They lost the possible first-round NFL draft pick quarterback. They lost both of their starting running backs. And yet they also brought in Zach Evans, who's a five-star running back out of TCU. Like, what they have done so far... I, this is the SEC West is just brutal because Ole Miss, for the majority of the past decade, two decades, whatever, is supposed to be the also ran in this division. You have already got Alabama and Texas A&M and LSU and Auburn, and now you've got Mississippi State giving people fights. You got Arkansas giving people fights, and not just fights, but like these are teams and coaches and programs that believe that they should be going to Atlanta as well. This is a deep, deep division, probably the best in all of college football, and Ole Miss is is continuing to do crazy things. At, we've talked about Lane maybe not wanting to be there, but just because he doesn't want to be there doesn't mean he's not going to do the job well. He is no, no, he's going to – this is this shows growth and this shows maturity and this shows, uh, you know, the ability to solve problems, okay? Oh, yes. They didn't recruit very well. And they don't have a lot of talent, but the transfer portal helps with that. That I I know that everyone sees, you know, 
a, a star player leave an Ohio State and go to Alabama. And you just say, oh, well, the, thanks for the transfer portal. Alabama's just going to get better. Well, it's you not know, just Alabama. I, it's not just <laughs> Alabama. Like, Ole Miss is is significantly better today than they were yesterday. Yeah. Um, and, and the and same it, thing helped with LSU, of, right? So LSU well, with Brian Kelly and USC, who is now number three in the portal, but it'll probably be number one if Caleb Williams picks. But regardless, like, new coaches that come in, whether it's second, third year, whatever, you can rebuild. We saw it with Mel Tucker last year. Mel Tucker. Year. That's yeah. the guy you point to. That's the first person that said this. Th- we thought they had no chance because they had no talent. We knew the amount of talent they had. We didn't pay attention to all the transfers that they brought in because we, for decades, worked under the premise that transfers just aren't going to win anything for you. Okay? Yeah. There's a reason they were transferring. And then we saw Joe Burrow, and then we saw Justin Fields, and we've we've seen these guys take over and and be dominant. And so, you know, it, it, it's just one of those things where it can solve a lot of problems fast. What it's going to do, it's going to shorten that lease on coaching jobs. So oh, yes. these coaches, these coaches are getting bigger, longer contracts. Now we talked about that. The contracts are getting blown through the roof. They're no longer four year deals. They, and they didn't bump from four to six year deals. They went from four to eight or four to ten. Okay, and and that's that's where we're at now. But the expectation is for you to win, maybe not year one, but by year two, we're we're competing. And with the transfer portal, there's no reason we shouldn't be. Agreed. And and it's not just these big name programs that I've brought up with Ole Miss and LSU and USC. Uh, we saw the same thing with Western Kentucky, where the offense had completely tailored off. And the transfer portal allowed them to bring in an offensive coordinator from the FCS level and right. also bring his quarterback and, like, three of the receivers along with him and a couple of offensive linemen. Like, you can do that. We just saw Jake Dickert, the head coach at Washington State, do that with Incarnate Words, offensive coordinator, and their quarterback, Cam Ward, who had, nobody really knew a lot about him early on. And we got one year of him, and everybody thinks he is going to be an absolute superstar. So you find a way to kind of rebuild your offense that way. There are ways that you can completely flip one side of the ball or the other or both sides, as we saw with Michigan yep. State. You can find a way to do it, and Ole Miss is certainly taking advantage of that. Uh, let's talk about uh, NFL to, uh, to close out the rest of it. Over the weekend, we have not gotten a chance to talk about this yet, but on Saturday, Adam Schefter shared out a report from him and, and one of the other insiders at ESPN that Tom Brady is going to retire. And you see that report, and it's plastered over all of the SEC Big 12 basketball games, et cetera, going on in college basketball. And they break into every show at halftime. They break into every studio show, and they're interviewing Schefter and interviewing other people, and they're talking about, oh, yeah, Tom Brady is going to announce his retirement, and da, da, da. And then you start to get a few things where, all right, well, Tom's dad said, uh, he's not retiring. And then you start to hear a couple of things about Tom Brady has reached out to the Bucks and he has told them, uh, I His haven't words, made up my mind. I'm not, I'm not close to making a decision. This is, if you are Adam Schefter, I understand standing by your sources and whatnot, and if you get that information, I understand having to roll with it. And it's not just Schefter, right? There were other people that attached their names to this. Uh, Ian Rappaport at the NFL Network has some of the same sources and he said the same thing. Schefter was the first, though. 
if you miss on this, I don't know that you can come back from that. Nope. This is maybe the greatest NFL player that has ever played. It is the greatest NFL player to ever played. And to mess up the retirement announcement, yep. I don't I don't know how my, Schefter comes back from that. So my argument is this. This is so this is an this guy's this guy's my hero. Okay. Yeah. He's and, and you if you don't like Tom, if you spent your entire life hating him, that's fine. That's fine. It doesn't negate what he's done. Okay. This is the most important player in the NFL. All right. And for you to tweet out his ending like it's a goddamn strength and conditioning hire for the Jets is an insult and it's a piece of shit move. I want to know, because I've asked this question before, when these guys do this, how does it benefit you for you to tell the world what this person wants to tell the world? Haven't they earned the right to tell the story themselves? Haven't we gotten there? I would think so. Okay. And and what does it benefit you? How does it get ESPN more money? How does it get you more money and more influence at all? And so I hope to God that it burns him. And I hope that he loses his job or at least gets knocked down a whole bunch of fucking pegs. Okay. Well, I just because, we, we've had him miss on some stories already uh, this yeah, year. And you're and, talking about big, important things. Nothing has been this important. And also, him moving on affects nobody. This is not like I need to get this scoop. I need to get this story because somebody else is going to get it. No, no, no. Everybody knows every year could be Tom's last and everybody already has all their prepackaged stuff ready to go for when Tom hangs it up. Okay. So, so this is not a thing where we need to be first because then we're going to get all the eyeballs and we're going to get all the credit. Where No, everybody already has their packages already ready to go. Yeah. Okay. Everybody has everything prepared for this already. Okay. And so you don't need to be first. It doesn't benefit you. It doesn't get you one extra Twitter follower. It doesn't get you anything extra. You just take something that's really important and you bastardize it. You make it worthless. You make it meaningless. So so they did say uh, on Saturday that they were standing by the report, et cetera, et cetera. And if you go look at ESPN.com right now, uh, there's there's not a thing on the, the front page for the NFL about this. There's well, I've never nothing. been more wanting of, of of somebody to be wrong in my life. Because you know, you know I hate this stuff. And and I don't understand its value. Yeah, I do not I d I don't I don't get the retirement value, right? Nope. I, I don't like I understand it's a big story if Tom Brady were to retire. What I yes. don't understand is why you have to be the the source or the newsbreaker on that. Why not yes. let him tell his story the way that he wants to? And, and obviously, we're recording this on Monday afternoon. There's supposed to be a new Tom Brady podcast, the Let's Go podcast, released this evening. Maybe he says something about it in there. Who knows? But, but what? This why? is my problem. What what benefit did it give to for you to do this? You're taking something that's actually important news, and you're just throwing it out there like it's the same old bullshit news you put out anyway. Yes. You know? Like, this is not the equivalency of is Trent Williams going to start or not? No. No, not you know? even close. Like, like, this is not the same thing. This affects nobody, and that's, that affects greatly how people would view the upcoming game. Okay? This doesn't affect anyone. 
as I'm looking. So I hope at, he comes back. I hope he comes back. I hope you're called on the carpet, and I hope that you've burned sources. And I hope that those people that have trusted you in the past stop trusting you. Let's because see. you can't be trusted with important information. Yeah, the there's tweet. a right way to give this information out, and there's a wrong way to give it out. And this is not one of those things where people just need to read while they're sitting on the shitter going through Twitter. Okay. Yeah. This it, is it, an important story. It to, this to is the most important out, figure in your fucking sport. It, to tweet it out the way bills. that he did. It, this is so. Here's a tweet that he did uh, from just about seven hours before we we recorded this. Uh, Jaguars are interviewing former Raiders head coach Rick uh, Bisakia today yeah. for their head coaching job per sources. Like, that's what he did on Saturday. That's how was, you That's how you just ended, informed the world of the greatest football player of all time's career, Andy. I mean, it's... The, with, the, with the exact same tact that you just named, this team is interviewing a coach. Same a, news, yeah. same everything. If that's if you think those two pieces of information are the exact same and should be treated the same, you are a huge part of the problem, and I would like you to not have your job. Now, I don't get to make that decision, but I would like him to lose his employment because of that. So on January, 28th, I'd like Twitter to throw him off of Twitter. <laughs> I'd like Twitter to throw him off their platform for misinformation. If Tom plays one snap next year, I would like him to be thrown off. Listen, listen, if we're going to get rid of misinformation, it can't just be political misinformation, all right? You fucked up my Saturday, and you ruined what is going to be the greatest retirement announcement of all time. Okay? Agree. You ruined it. On January 28th, he tweeted out, Giants hiring former Bills OC Brian Dable as their next head coach, which we're going to talk about in a second, uh, per sources. And, And he did a couple more things. And then on Saturday morning, Tom Brady is retiring from football after 22 extraordinary seasons. Multiple sources tell Jeff Darlington and me. More coming on ESPN.com. It's the first time that I've ever seen him tag, uh, tag another writer in a story. It's just I, not something he does, which is why I've hated him for a long time. No, no, no. He, Here's the reason why I did it. Uh, he tagged somebody else because he didn't want to be the only one linked to this in case it was wrong. Well, oh, oh, if it ends up being wrong, and it's one of the reasons, and that's like the only time he tags somebody else. Oh, that's shitty because that means he knows it's wrong. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I thought on Saturday. But he I doesn't said, care oh. about being right. He just cares about being first. That's all this man ever cares about. And I know that he's a nerd on ESPN, so I look like a bully for hating him. Okay, I think there's because a lot for of some reason, like if somebody's a nerd, <laughs> if somebody's a geek, they also can't be an asshole. Yeah, you're wrong about that, by the way. Is go it, go go down to the local store. I'm not going to throw their name out. In Memphis, that fixes computers. Ain't nothing but nerds in there. 100 percent of those people own the spectrum. All right, <laughs> of something. Okay, and every one of them is a slimy, sharky piece of shit. They're gonna charge. They're gonna fuck you as much as they can on fixing everything. They're yeah. gonna charge as much money as they possibly can. That's just on that line between I'm gonna pay for this because you're you're just enough under the price of buying a new one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you don't know think I mean. that because they've got glasses on and they're nerds <laughs> that they're nice people. Okay. No, they're smart. No, no. They have the ability to be an asshole just like anybody else. You are no different right. than that. The sleazy car dealer. You know how many uh, Twitter followers Adam Schefter has? Three million. Nine million. Yeah. That's a lot. Blew my mind. Like three million, I could totally understand. Nine million, I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, no, that's insane. No. And he and he can't uh, and he can't be tr- and he can't be trusted with important news. He is to be trusted with bullshit news that nobody cares about. 
Yeah. Josh McDaniels became the new Raiders coach. Woo fucking who? Nobody cares. <laughs> Speaking of, let's move into that. We'll uh, we'll wrap up the show with these two. Uh, the Raiders hired Josh McDaniels. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't expect this. I, I kind of thought McDaniels was sticking around in New England to be the next guy under Belichick or, or to take over for Belichick. And instead, I mean, I, is is this purely because they have Hunter Renfro on the roster and, and he wants to go coach uh, Hunter Renfro? <laughs> no, I I don't I don't understand Josh. I, I you know maybe maybe he's gotten hints or words that Bill's just nowhere near retirement. And maybe so, so. I mean, you know, it, being the heir apparent to which is weird to me. Like I feel like at some point in time, Bill, what do you have to like? Every, what else do you have? Every to year that goes on, like you kind of hurt your legacy. Um, you know, but I don't know. It, it this is it it's strange. I, I would imagine Bill O'Brien will be the next offensive coordinator at the Patriots. If he's not imagine. named a head coach. Yeah, if he, yeah, he could still be named I mean, a head he's, coach. He's certainly. interviewing for the Bill uh the uh what's the job that's still open? The Dolphins, Texans? Yeah. Uh yeah. not the he, Texans. He interviewed <laughs> he no Dolphins and Jags. Uh he he interviewed for the Dolphins job. Ah, okay. And I thought then, of course there's the I Vikings thought he was job as being well, consideration. So. Yeah. Um yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, who knows what ends up happening with Bill O'Brien? But going back to McDaniel's, why you would choose to take the Raiders' job after not taking the Colts' job was several several years ago. You still had Tom Brady as your quarterback, etc. Maybe he feels like because the offense for the Patriots has, I mean, frankly, not been great. Like it hadn't been very good. So this would be alarming to me as a Pats fan that uh, he might not be sold on Mac Jones. I don't know if he wants to hitch his wagon and he's got a head coaching offer today. Take the head coaching offer. I think it's a smart move, honestly. But I also thought it would be a smart move. Also, yeah, I mean, I think he should be a head coach. I think he's, I I don't think he's a bad head coach. No, like, I I don't think, I think he'll be fine. This guy won a playoff game with Tim Tebow at quarterback. I I I also believe, by the way, that if Aaron Rodgers takes that Broncos job, holy shit. That division he just stepped into is a mother. Uh, yes, very, very much so, very much so. <laughs> so I, I listen. I, I like Car. Car's grown on me, but you better, you better come to fight with something else. Okay. Yes. He may not you got Justin, else. you got Justin Herbert, you got Jimmy G, and you got uh, not Jimmy G. Uh, uh, you got you got Patrick Mahomes, and you got Aaron Rodgers, all in the same division, and you're going to fight with Car. Yeah, but he got a secret weapon. No. He got Hunter Renfro. Oh, I, don't, I don't. I don't know that Hunter. Hunter doesn't overcome that. Listen, Hunter and I got the same haircut. That's it. Yeah, yeah. No, you're not wrong there. Uh, the Giants hired Brian Dable. Everybody kind of assumed that he was going to go down to Miami. Why he would take this job over the Miami jobs beyond me. I mean, really, you're moving right down the street, so maybe location had something to do with it because he's been in Buffalo for quite a while. I don't know that that's right down the street. I, I think it's, those are two different worlds. They I, are, but it's it's same state and everything. I, it is two different worlds, a hundred percent, because New yeah. York City is nothing like Buffalo, New York. Yeah. But, so he's so he's accustomed to the high taxes. But the the idea of moving down to Miami, it, it obviously, I maybe not obviously. I wonder if Miami just screwed this up by not being ready to jump on this. Right? <laughs> Miami wasn't ready to make their hire, and the Giants were like, we want you period at that point do you just go with the one that 
that you were offered. Like, you know firsthand, like, I know I'm going to get this job. I got to take this one because I may not be offered the other one. Well, that could have something to do with it. Or could it also be that he thinks that uh, Daniel Jones is a better quarterback than Tua? I see. I think the difference is, is we have enough information where I think he has enough room and leverage to move on from Daniel. He coached Tua, and he knows what Tua can do and what he can't do. And I wonder if that – he said, I'll take my chances – with a rebuild where I get to pick my quarterback. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. There's because a, he saw what two was able to do with all the talent that Alabama has, but that talent differential is gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. You're right. You're I'm telling right. you, I look at Max Jones. I look at Tua. I look at Jalen and these guys are fine, but there's something to, you know, knowing that the other teams, you know, defensive front is is there's a coin flip chance that they're a lot better than your offensive line. You played your entire career without that being true. You know, you had four or five receivers that were substantially better than any defensive back the other team could throw. You get in the NFL and that you might have one. You might yes. have one where you have a mismatch if you can line it up properly. Like Yeah. That's, no, you're not wrong. That's that's you play a you play a certain way in college and then you get into the pros and it's not that they're bad it's just you you just spent three years not really being pushed oh it's it's incredibly difficult to to figure out right it's uh, he he did perfectly fine with Jalen Waddle uh once he came back healthy once Tua came back healthy this year but it is a whole different world like it, it's a completely different world so I mean he wasn't he wasn't very good at the end of the season no they went no. on that run for a minute, and then after that run, which was nothing but just garbage teams. Yeah, but, once they played against uh, uh, against the Titans, they, I mean, yeah, they're the best win they have is is they beat the, they beat the Pats twice, but that's it. <laughs> There's a Dolphins best. fan on my Twitter timeline, and he just tweeted out and said, "Tua looks like the type of guy that tries to start tickle fights." <laughs> not what what you want in your quarterback here? No, you're probably not wrong. You are not wrong. All right, let's uh. Hey, uh, by the way, Wisconsin just announced uh, Bobby Ingram is going to be their offensive coordinator. Uh, hey, the Caleb Williams stuff apparently is real with Wisconsin because he, his dad and Bobby Ingram were like best buddies or what? Who knows? So we'll we'll see what goes on with that because there's still no news on Caleb Williams as of the time that we recorded this. But either way, is there anything else that uh, that you think we need to hit on? No. Um, who do you think the Dolphins go after? So, so we got the Texans job that's still open. We got the Dolphins job. Did the Jaguars Jaguars actually officially fire the GM and take Leftwich? Is that is that a uh, thing or no? That one's so that one's still not done yet. They're still interviewing guys. Uh, okay. I I don't know who I think the Dolphins go after. Um, I just I, I mean I've, I, I've still heard Jim Harbaugh's name coming back up. Oh yeah, yeah. There was a couple of reports out on Saturday or Sunday about that. Uh, I mean, the owner has already said he's not going to take Harbaugh. But if Harbaugh says, like, I'm going to the Vikings well, yeah, uh, or you, I can go to Miami, which, you know, what do you yeah. want? Stephen Ross would be a fool not to take him, I think. Yeah. But no, Oh, yeah, the Vikings. I forgot about them. I didn't name them off. Yeah. So we've got a couple of coaching jobs that are still open, and I'm just curious as to who who might be taking those. Yeah, I, I don't even know. I'm looking, uh, I'm looking at a couple of different ones right now. Um I just uh, none of none of these names seem to make any sense to me, right? 
you look at obviously Harbaugh, but it, like Kellen Moore is is a I guess the leader in the clubhouse for Miami. No chance, no chance. Uh, Mike McDaniel, That'd be a huge mistake. Who is the 49ers offensive coordinator? I wouldn't want that either. Like it, that's a guy that that basically had to learn from Kyle Shanahan. No, right? I mean that's a tree at some. I mean that's a tree. I wouldn't have mind having somebody from, but you know my thoughts on that. I mean oh, it yeah. stuff worries me. Not that those guys don't ever work out. I mean, look at Zach Taylor. Yeah. Zach Taylor was like the fourth guy that got a job under Sean McVay for a year. So you know, not you're not you're not getting the best guy that worked under him. You're not getting the second best guy. You're getting the fourth best guy that worked under him. It it seemed to work out. So it's not that it can't. It's just not the philosophy I like to go. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals defensive coordinator Vance Joseph is an Vance. option. Uh, Doug Peterson, uh, former Eagles coach, is an option. Um, I'm more curious what the Texans do. Yeah, I mainly because I thought that was the shittiest hire, uh, firing of all of them, yeah, and then totally. and then the the Vikings because I think that's hey, man, I, there was a world where I kind of thought that Vikings job outside of the Denver job is the best job available. I don't I don't think you're wrong. Uh, I don't know. I don't something. Something outside of Dable, I'm gonna tell you this. Outside of Dable, none of the coaches that have been hired so far. If I was one of the teams without a coach, I'm not worried about the coaches that got hired because none of those guys would have been on the list of mine. Now it could have been wrong. They could all be great. But Brian Dable is the only piece off the board that I think, man, I'd like to have that piece. True. True. I I think you're right about that. I I do wonder what Doug Peterson could do. Uh, no, no it, way. You know, touch rehashed, that. but we'll we'll see. I know. wouldn't touch it. But uh, but yeah, like but Vance me. Joseph, like it, obviously we we saw what Vance Joseph uh, did as like the uh, uh, what Jets defensive coordinator. Um, I don't know. He was the Jets uh, head coach, wasn't he? Like, where, no, where, that where was, Vance Joseph. That, coach no, that was uh, uh oh god, Tampa Bay's defensive coordinator. My brain is gone today. That's I'm in the same spot. Uh, oh, he was the head coach of the Denver Broncos. That's what it was. So, yeah, Vrant, Vance one, Joseph. Was he a one? Was he a one year guy? Uh, nope. He was there 2017 and 2018, and so and he's been the DC for the Cardinals since 2019. So yeah, I mean he was he was the defensive coordinator for the Dolphins back in 2016. So there is a tie there, I guess. But Todd Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles was the Jets That's coach. what it was. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, I saw... Uh, okay, here's what it was. Uh, Vance Joseph played for the Jets. Yeah, he played for the Jets in, like, 1995. Okay. So, I knew there was some kind of tie. Because I, I was going through reading some of this stuff, and it mentioned Jets. I was like, oh, yeah, he was good. Like, nope, nope, not him. Either way, let's go and wrap this thing up. Uh, let me go ahead and tell everybody. Winning cures everything. Up, oh, And we lost Chris. <laughs> Boy, this is weird. This is weird. Uh, with that said, yeah, go ahead and check out winningcureseverything.com. Go on and follow us on Twitter. Uh, Chris jumped out of the Zoom, so this is interesting. Regardless, uh, yeah, go to winningcureseverything.com and subscribe to the podcast if you would so kindly. Share the show out, all that good stuff. Oh, Chris just texted me. His battery just died on his computer. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's let's uh, let's end this thing. So, WinningCuresEverything.com, go to BetUSTV.com, and uh, go to BetUS.com. That is America's premier online sportsbook. It is where the game begins. So go on and check that out. You guys take care of yourself. 
Take care of each other. And hopefully, hopefully, all of you tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.